You're listening to Travel Talk Weekly with Rob and Carrie Stewart, travel experts, authors, and TV hosts. Join them every Tuesday as they take you to amazing destinations all over the globe. Whether it's cruising the seven seas, exploring Europe, or being pampered at an all-inclusive resort, Travel Talk Weekly is your passport to the world. Hello and welcome to Travel Talk Weekly, your resource for everything you need to know about travel. This is show number 50, original air date, September 22nd, 2020. 50 shows, wow. And a huge shout out to those of you who have left us a review and a five-star rating over our past 50 shows. And if you haven't, wouldn't mind if you went ahead and did that in honor of this 50th show. That would be nice. It'd be a 50th anniversary gift. Gift, yeah. yeah. Or a 50th episode. It's not an anniversary. It's the 50th anniversary every week of our show. Okay, okay. (laughs) Or go ahead and follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and even better yet, share a show with a friend. This week, we have some travel tips that may make you say to yourself, hmm, I never thought about that, but it makes sense. And this probably will sound familiar. You're planning your upcoming vacation, and the first thing you do is you say, Hmm, where are we going to go? So you decide where you're going and who is coming along. Next up is to plan where you're going to stay, meaning your resort or accommodations. And here's where a lot of people make a very common mistake. They choose the resort or the hotel based on the price or a past travel experience. So they book that and then from there, they go ahead and arrange their flights or transportation. And then they figure, you know what, we're all done. We'll just plan our activities and we are good to go. But as you and I both know, travel is not that simple. So true. Does this sound familiar? You arrive at your resort and check in, explore your room, and day one, you're like, yeah, it's okay. Uh, But by day two, your family's saying, hmm, I wish we had another bathroom, or if only the fridge were bigger, or is it really only one pool and why is it so far away? And if you travel a lot, you know exactly what we're talking about. And if you don't travel, that's okay, because you're in the right place here at Travel Talk Weekly, because we have a full list of some of the top things to consider and ask before you randomly book that next trip. As we call it, know before you go, or in this case, know before you book. We travel as much as we can, and as you know, we also plan vacations for a living for our clients, so we know exactly what to look for. And this is also one of the top reasons you want to use a knowledgeable travel advisor, because they are going to know what to look for for you and what questions to ask. And a lot of people will say to us, wow, I didn't know people still use travel agents. I mean, people really ask us that. They're like, I thought everybody just did everything on their own online. We is dinosaurs. Yeah, but we're not though. In fact, being a travel advisor is a really cool profession, but it is in need more and more and especially after this year. And those people that previously were booking on their own, we actually have picked up a lot of clients who are like, you know what? I will never not book with a travel advisor again after all the crazy things that, oh, I didn't realize this was the cancellation policy, or yeah, we showed up at the resort and there were all these restrictions. And yeah, that's why you use a travel advisor. And not just a travel agent or a travel advisor, but a knowledgeable one. So ask them this one question, are you knowledgeable? And if they say no, 
keep on looking. I don't think they're going to say that, but you know, a, they could. You they know. could, but a good question to ask is where was your last trip? When was your last trip? I know that you and I try to travel as much as possible, especially right now as travel is starting to reopen. This has been a really weird year for us, but we learn things all the way along the way. And then plus, when we have a lot of clients traveling, we learn from their experiences and get their feedback too. And we also learned that we're approaching the light at the end of the tunnel. Good news is... It's not another train coming at us. We we're, hope. We're going to get out of the. Hope. <laughs> we're going to get out of the no travel tunnel and back to taking more trips. <laughs> so when it comes to these tips and experience, a really good example is a recent trip that you and I took, and that was to Disney. And one huge reason is because Disney is probably the perfect example of booking the destination and then the resort or hotel next. The unique thing at Disney is they offer 28 different resorts on property. Now, here's a disclaimer. Some of those are resorts within resorts, but there are also several, I'd say many, non-Disney resorts, both on and off of actual Disney property. And even just within the Disney bubble, though, there are important things to ask before you just say, yeah, I'll just put me in whatever whatever resort you want, because they're all very, very different. And I'd say within the Disney bubble, it's probably where that is most important. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, let's start with the first one, and it is the big one, and that is, what is the bed configuration going to be in your resort or hotel room. And the first thing you want to ask, is it a four-poster bed? No, you never ask okay, that. Okay, you don't ask that. No, okay, no, got no. It, got it. <laughs> because did you know that a lot of hotel rooms, they'll advertise that that room sleeps four, and it will list there's two beds. You know, easy enough. You have a family, two kids, two teens, and you're like, that's fine. That's all we need. But when you get in your room, you quickly realize that those are two double beds, not two queen beds. And those double beds are much smaller, especially if you have two large teenage boys. That's not going to be super, super comfortable. I think that they really misnamed double beds. It kind of implies you can put two people in, two people if they're really, really small. Yeah, I know. Double beds, that's just not a thing anymore. Queen, Queen beds are good enough for two people. But yeah, that's an important thing to ask. Or they have a pull-down bed. So they say the room will hold five, but that pull-down bed only fits a small child. And in your case, your kids are teens. And so they're too big for that little pull-down bed. Yeah, we've seen some of those little small pull ones, even at Disney. And it's like, yeah, that's good for like maybe a little nine-year-old. Or a suitcase. Yeah, or a suitcase. Yeah, we've used it for that. (laughs) Or one of my favorites is, you know, you're getting ready to go on your honeymoon and, you know, you're young, you're just starting out in life. And so you say, you know what, let's save our money. We're going to book the cheapest rate and only to find out that that one has like two, maybe those two double beds when it's your honeymoon. You should have sprung for a king bed or my favorite is on the cruise ships where couples will be like, oh, we just want to go on a cruise. We don't have a lot of money. So they book literally the cheapest cabin that they can only to find out when they get to their room, they have bunk beds, which is great for a honeymoon. And yes, that's two twin bunk beds. And usually when you're on a cruise ship, they'll take the double beds and push them together to make one. So it's good for two people. But you're going to find all different kinds of bedding depending upon where you are going. And especially when you're booking family type resorts, you need to be aware. Same thing if you go to some of those all inclusives and you're doing like a guy's bachelor getaway and you're booking that adults only all inclusive. 
a lot of those only have king beds. And if you're just a bunch of guys and you all kind of want your space and then you show up and yeah, you have that king bed. How romantic. Yeah, it works both ways, right? The other thing is, and that just happened to us recently. We had a client that we moved from one resort to the other thinking that it, you know, they had a pull down bed and we quickly realized they did not. And you figured that out right away and took care of the client. And beds are one thing. So are the bathrooms. We book cruises for a ton of families And when they ask us about a Disney cruise specifically, like, why is that so expensive? They usually only ask that if they've never been on a Disney cruise. Because once you go on a Disney cruise, you understand why there is quite a price difference between that and one of the typical mass market cruise lines. Yeah. Well, and the same for some of like the mid-level or the luxury cruise lines, because price is kind of relative to the experience that you're going to get. And Going back to Disney, one thing that they offer that has been a game changer for families and couples too is in their staterooms, pretty much almost all of them on the four ships they currently have, they have what is called the split bathroom. I'm pretty sure they invented the concept. And here's what it is. It's two bathrooms, even though they're really small, but one has a sink and a shower and the other has a sink and a toilet. And that makes a huge difference when you have multiple people. Sometimes you have up to five people in a cabin trying to get ready all at the same time. Just having that extra sink makes a huge difference. It does. It's funny because even Norwegian Cruise Line on board the Epic, which we had sailed on, they tried the split bathroom. It was a little bit different. But it was a weird split bathroom. It wasn't a true But I liked it better than just a regular bathroom that you see on all the ships. Yeah. So what they have on Norwegian is they had like the water closet and then they had the shower, which was separate. And then they had the sink, but they still only had one sink. True. I I know, but it was still split up a little bit. Just a little bit. But even on this last trip we went to, again, back at Disney, we were in a one bedroom suite in one of the deluxe resorts. And the previous month, we were in just a standard studio at a comparable Disney resort. Yeah, still still a deluxe resort. Yeah. And the biggest difference I commented to you was when we were getting ready in the morning, I said, oh, I love having two sinks when we're traveling. I do as well. And, you know, I, I'll say with just the two of us, a single sink is not that big a deal because that's usually what we end up having. But I can tell you for sure, when we had two separate areas to get ready, that is awesome. Well, and even when we have gone to like the all-inclusive we went to this past summer down in Mexico, two sinks. And it's just nice to have kind of your own space because even at home, we have our own space. Like in our bathroom, we each have our own sink area. Yours is bigger. It Mine is a little bigger, but we're used to getting ready that way. So sometimes if you're used to that and you know, you, you like having separate sinks, if that's important to you, you should find that out before you book it. Most hotels are not going to offer double sinks, but you would be surprised how many of the kind of the upper level ones do, especially on Disney property. That was, you know, the the one bedrooms, that's a game changer for me. I know if we could do that every time we went to Disney, stay in a deluxe one bedroom villa, I would be quite happy. Yeah. Quite broke, but quite happy. (laughs) But very happy. You know what else will make you really happy is before you book that next room, especially if you're going to an all-inclusive resort or like maybe you're going to a cabin in the mountains in like a ski town or a ski in, ski out place, or even just a place on the beach. Maybe you're going to Hawaii. One of the things you want to be familiar with is what is that view from your room? And that's something we talk to our clients about because they're like, oh, you know, ocean view sounds great. And we're like, no, ocean view, you could be, you know, hundreds of yards and a long walk from the ocean versus ocean front. And we just experienced that in July for your birthday. We went down to Mexico and stayed at a really nice resort there. And we were ocean front. 
even though there was a kind of a building off to the right, we could still go right down to the bottom of our, our building and walk straight out to the ocean, maybe, you know, 50 yards, 25, 50 yards. Yeah, basically, when you're oceanfront or beachfront, there is nothing else in front of you at all. And so you have a great, great view. A lot of times, though, you're looking at kind of the lowest price thing. And so you see something called tropical view and you're or going garden view. or garden <laughs> view and you're going to Hawaii and you're all excited to just listen to the ocean and open up your door because it's going to be a little cooler. And yeah, you show up and all you have is a bunch of green plants and dirt and that's what you're looking at. Or it could be just a nice flower pot on your balcony. Here's your garden view. Yeah. Well, and then you also find that a lot of times those garden views or tropical views are the furthest away from getting you to the beach. Which is usually why most people book that type of a resort is the beach experience. Yeah. And when it comes to skiing, one of the things that is a huge kind of a a perk is when you do a ski in and ski out type of accommodation. So you may have somebody saying, you know, hey, we are right on the ski mountain. That doesn't mean that you can necessarily ski out of that place and jump right on the runs like you could if it were ski in, ski out. And so you have different views there. Even though it's been a few years since we've been skiing, the last time we went, we did go with Club Med over to Europe. And each of the, we went and toured three different resorts. It was a, it was a travel agent ski trip just to get to know the properties. And at each of the places, two of the three places were completely ski in, ski out. One of them, you had to like carry your skis 50 or 100 yards. But a true ski in, ski out means you ski right up to your place, take off your skis, put them on the porch and walk in your, your cabin or your resort building. Yeah, it makes a huge difference, though, at the end of a long ski day that you don't have to then haul those skis, those 50 feet or whatever. Or even haul your skis back to the bus that will take you to your resort. Yeah, oh, that's even worse. (laughs) Those are all things to know before you book it. Last year, we did a tour at Sandals, and it was never more evident to me the different types of rooms. So it's very intimidating to book all-inclusive resorts on your own. That's why you work with somebody who knows because they will have, I think Sandals has like maybe 15 different categories at just one place. It can get confusing. Like I remember the big giant round bed for the honeymoon suite. Yeah. But they did have their own pool. It they was had tiny, their own pool. But it was right there. It was their own. Yeah. It was very enclosed. And it was funny because they started off with the best. You know, they had the ocean front, the beach front, beautiful, huge. And then the last one we saw was their entry level all the way at the back, like all the way at the back of the resort. And there was really no view at all. I think they called it the don't you wish you could see the ocean from here suite. That was even like you'd have to walk far to even see the ocean. And this was in a beautiful island. But yeah, the room type does make a difference. And it is sometimes completely worth that upgrade. So you've picked the resort, you picked your room, But what about the room amenities? Are you going to want a mini fridge or a microwave? Do they offer room service? Yeah, the room amenities, I think, are super important. One of the things that I love at Disney is they have started putting coffee makers in all of the rooms. Previously, those were only in one of their categories called a moderate and above. And then, of course, if you even upgrade to a villa, you actually get a full-on coffee pot So you can brew a lot more other than just like those single K-cups. Well, yeah, on our last trip to Disney, we stayed at a one-bedroom villa over at Beach Club. And we had not just, it's a full-size refrigerator. That's a full-size for like an RV. Like that's too small for our home refrigerator, but still very big for a, a hotel or a resort room. 
but it also had a stove, an oven, a microwave, and like you said, a traditional coffee maker with the glass pot, which sometimes it's like an antique if you see those. <laughs> I know, right? And a dishwasher. So if you are going to be and on a, a dishwasher, yeah, I forgot about that. If you are going to be on a trip for an extended period of time and you want to save a little money, make sure you have the right cooking amenities in the room, like do they provide silverware? Do I need to bring plates? All of those things make a difference. And then on the flip side, let's say you're going to Vegas, you're taking the family, maybe you're going out to California. Um, you Your know, last name is Griswold. Yeah, you're, you're going out to the family Griswold. on a Vegas vacation. <laughs> and you show up and they have a mini mini fridge that is a stocked mini bar. And the little kids see the like the don't say bourbon. No, they see the can- <laughs> they see the candy bars in there and the little snacks and treats, and they don't realize that you have to pay for those and you pay for a premium. And so you need to be a little bit picky if you want to avoid those things, or maybe you're somebody who wants to make sure you have a mini bar in your room and a five dollar Snickers bar. Yeah, you need to know these before you go, especially during COVID too, right now, because that is one area that a lot of them have taken away some of those in room amenities. So you need to know before. Before you go and you don't get in your room and expect you can open up that little mini fridge and grab a beer. Because right now, most of them aren't stocking them. Even going back to our one-bedroom villa at Disney, we had a washer and dryer. So think about that. If you're flying down and you're going to stay in a one-bedroom villa, it means you can probably pack everything in a carry-on and avoid the baggage fees because you can just wash your clothes on property. Yeah, super easy to do. Okay, so let's move outside the room now. Let's go. You want to also understand, okay, what does this resort have to offer by the way of food, drink, shopping, transportation, any of the things that you are expecting to see at that particular resort. Of course, we're going to go back to a Disney option because we go to Disney about usually at least 12 to 14 times per year, excluding the pandemic, of course. And a lot of times we like to stay at Pop Century. It's a great value. It is technically called a value resort. We love the theming. However, if you want to get a drink at Pop Century, there's only one place, and that's at the pool bar called Petals. Once the pool closes, so does the bar. Yeah, and so a lot of people that are business travelers, it's like kind of one of those things where at the end of the day, you just want to unwind, you go back to your resort and just grab a nightcap. And if you're staying at Pop Wait, Century- Wait, you said a nightcap? Yeah. What are we in the 60s? Yes, we are. <laughs> and so if you're staying at a place that doesn't have a bar that is open later, then yeah, that's not going to work out for you. Or maybe you want to make sure you stay at a hotel that will have kind of those free breakfasts. Not every hotel has those. And even the dining options. Is there room service? Are there multiple restaurants? Like what type of restaurants or food is offered on property? And if not, what is close by? And do you have to have it delivered or do you have to go pick it up? All things to consider. Because they are all so, so different. I mean, we've stayed at so many different hotels. And I know a lot of times we'll we'll check in at one and we'll be expecting that they will have something because we've experienced at another hotel only to find out that they have nothing and it would have been better to just pay a little bit more to, you know, maybe get those warm chocolate chip cookies at Doubletree. Oh, I like those. <laughs> or something like that. And then, of course, at the resort, you're going to have things like the pools, the gyms? Is there a play area for the kids? Because if this is like your summer or spring break vacation and you want to have activities the kids can enjoy just right at the resort, make sure one, they're open. Because we actually had a friend of ours who he and his wife, they wanted to get away. And this was in August, things were just starting to reopen. And he said, I made a fatal error. And I shouldn't have 
like book this myself. I should have worked with a professional. Okay, wait, wait, he made a fatal error. <laughs> He's still alive, right? He's still alive. Okay, so, good. okay, it wasn't totally fatal. And he said that they booked this weekend getaway for he and his wife for the anniversary. And he goes, yeah, we were so excited to just go. We drove 30 minutes away from our home, get away and just go and enjoy the pool. And, you know, it was so awesome. He goes, first day we go, we go down the pool. It be closed. Uh-oh. Yeah. He said, they kind of put a damper on the weekend because that was the one thing they were looking forward to, just hanging out and relaxing. A lot of the resorts or the hotels will have hidden fees that you don't know about until you check out and get the bill. Because let's face it, when you get there, you're not paying attention. You're going to get your room and get get out of there. They probably told you about the extra right? fees. <laughs> but the two big ones are parking and resort fees. These vary all over the place. Is like depending upon what city you're in. You go to New York City, they have some pretty big parking fees. They do, and we're, again, we'll use Disney as an example. Surprise, because we have our favorite non-Disney hotels, actually two, but they are connected, and that is Spring Hill Suites and Town Place Suites. They're on Disney property on the west end of Disney, and very close to Animal Kingdom. They not only have free parking and no resort fees, they also have free breakfast. Until the last year or so, Disney didn't charge a parking fee for guests staying at one of their resorts. And now they do, which I think is a huge mistake because they could have easily buried a small parking fee in the room rate and made more money because everyone would pay it. Instead, they chose to you know charge you know, $15 to $20, sometimes $25 a night to park. And that really made a lot of the people that drive in, it made them pretty mad. And I totally understand it. Up the street, Universal does charge a parking fee at all of their resorts that are on property. But I do find that most of the places that are over in just right outside of Disney, like Disney Springs area, they all charge a parking fee. That's why our little best kept secret on the other end is a real hidden secret for sure. Until now, because we just told everybody. (laughs) Now, if you stay at a place like the Waldorf, the Four Seasons or the Hilton, and again, you've chosen Disney as your vacation, you're staying on property, you're going to pay for a parking fee and a resort fee. And this can add up to 50 or more dollars Per night. Easy, I mean, easily. The same thing for the resorts, as we mentioned, over on Hotel Row by Disney Springs. You're going to pay parking, and some of those have resort fees. Now, paying for parking at a hotel may seem like a foreign concept to some of you, but most major cities will have paid parking at their hotels. In most cases, it's because they have a separate company that takes care of that for them. If you know that before you go, it's easy as, you know, you just call up and say, what is your parking fee? You may decide, are we really going to be driving around enough that we need a car? And you could save a lot of money that way. But this is a hidden fee that definitely has surprised us in the past where it's just like, whoa, how much is parking? Thinking, oh, it'll be 10 bucks a day. I'm surprised at how much people can get for parking. I am too. And the last thing in terms of picking that right resort is you may choose a place because you have like a lot of points and you think, hey, I'm getting a really great deal. You think it's a really good location but you didn't really check it out. And this happens a lot with the Swan and Dolphin, which is located on Disney property. It is a really, really great location. But again, they have huge resort and parking fees. And a lot of people that stay there are business travelers that have built up Marriott points. And so, you know, they probably don't care as much for the resort and parking fees if they're driving because they're using points. So they're basically staying for free. Yeah, but I would use those points in a better way personally. 
That's just my opinion. And you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> well, I'd like to use those kinds of points. You go over to like Bora Bora or something like, you know, get them all like cum- accumulated. Over go somewhere, bungalow. Yeah, go somewhere exotic. That would be more fun. Here's a reason to use a travel agent. I'll say this is kind of crazy. When we were working with a travel marketing company a few years back, we were working on a video project with them, and they were telling us how much they were spending for their clients on TripAdvisor. And this is something that completely shocked you and me. I know because we were both like, I cannot believe this. You can buy TripAdvisor reviews? That's just nuts. Now, of course, many are real reviews, but to think some can be bought, that to me is offensive. Yeah. And very misleading. It is very misleading, but they were very proud about it because that's their job is to get their client being like one of the top 10 recommended properties. And so a lot of people when they're just like, oh, that property got really high TripAdvisor reviews, they must be great. You can't always totally, agree, you know, accept that that is real because it is not. Yeah, you can't rely on them. And I can tell you that I personally, I don't know about you, I never use TripAdvisor at all. I that's, don't. That's just me. But we do have a lot of clients that will say, well, I looked at their TripAdvisor reviews and, and like, I'm like, okay, there's your first mistake, I know, right? I'm like, okay, I've been to the property, so I can give you a little more insights on that. Here's kind of a pro tip is if you're kind of curious about, is this in the right location for the destination I'm going, just pull it up on Google Maps. And then you can see how long it will really take you to get from wherever you're staying to the activity or what it is that you are going to do. And I strongly recommend you do this. Like if you're coming down to Disney World, pull up the maps during rush hour, because those Disney Springs hotels you think look really close, you pull those up during rush hour, and that's going to be a totally different case. We'll do this a lot when a client's like, you know, hey, I want to go to the ski resort, and I found this, and it looks like it's just across the street from the ski resort. And no, it's not. But the TripAdvisor review may think you may make it seem otherwise. Because they're fake. <laughs> Some of them really are. Something else that is very popular, home rentals. And the rates can seem great, but when you show up, it isn't exactly as advertised. Especially on Airbnb would probably be a great example. Now, we toured complete subdivisions and a bunch of them, probably seven or eight at least. It was around- 12. It was 12. Okay, it was 12. <laughs> around the Disney area that are about 95% rental homes, so rental properties. So only 5% of the people actually live in those subdivisions. And as great as they are for big families or even, you know, small groups, you definitely need a car or two to get where you want to go. And some of them were even limiting the number, like you would sleep maybe 10 people, but you were only allowed to have one vehicle. So you needed to rent a big panel van. Exactly. And so, yeah, those are like the Airbnbs are have become super, super popular. You do want to be careful. I know several years ago, my girlfriends and I, we were on our girls annual girls trip and we had found a home rental in Austin. And at the time, this was when the Airbnbs were just kind of starting. So it's just like, okay, we're going to venture out. We're going to give this a shot because we were trying to stay within a budget. And the they didn't give you the address. So they'd show you lots of pictures. And then it said, oh, it's walkable to this main road. And this main road will get you here, here. And it, they pointed all these things out that sounded really good on paper. But the reality was we would have been better off just getting a car because it was walkable, but it was still about a mile. And we ended up having to just use the bus system to go up and down the main street. Well, that sounds fun. No, it wasn't that. Was it a short bus? It was not a short bus. (laughs) So they could fit a lot of people. (laughs) They could. But it was one of those things where I was just like, you know what? I don't know. I'm really going to kind of vet these Airbnbs a little bit more. And yeah, they've gotten better over the years, but still not my fave. So we hope this helps you when you plan your next vacation. 
And the best thing really is to work with a travel advisor. Let them take some of that stress away. So get with us or your Creating Magic Vacations agent who shared this with you before you book your next vacation. We can help you. Travel does continue to open up more and more all across the U.S. every week and now even more international locations. Yeah, Hawaii actually just announced that they are ready to reopen. Now, they are going to have some restrictions. And to be clear, that is national, not international, but... You know, it's, that is true. It's far enough. It almost is international for us in Florida. Yeah, no, it is. We can get to Europe faster. I'm pretty sure we can. Now is the time to plan that next trip. And yes, we still have about a week more for the really, really low prices that you can get at Hard Rock Resort or Unico in the Riviera Maya area, just south of Cancun. So reach out because those will be gone as of September 30th. You don't have to travel. And when I say September 30th, I mean this year, 2020. So about a week from now, you don't have to travel right now. You just have to get that voucher. It's good for travel in either 2020 or in 2021. And they are so low that even as travel agents, we cannot get a price that is that low. And Disney continues to be a great place to visit. If you are interested in that, you can actually learn all about the Halloween experience that just started on the 15th of September and what to expect in our recent show number 188 of Disney Travel Secrets. If you get a chance, definitely come out and say hi, either at Facebook or Instagram. You can just write hi. We're not going to be there, you know, watching for you and all that. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and Facebook, especially Instagram. We, we share a lot of really cool pictures. So in closing, it's a great, big, beautiful world out there. Go see it. And remember, never stop exploring. <laughs>